Hello, Great Minds! It's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History. And it's your lucky day, as we are about to look at the complex, oddly questionable history of Friday the 13th. So welcome to one of the bonus episodes of Season 1. Don't ask me why I've done so many. Birthdays, holidays, and well, you know, I'm never gonna pass up a reason to drink. But this week was a problem. I wanted to do something, cover some topic that might connect to the show in some way or another. So I started digging. What could I possibly do today, Friday? I don't know. Couldn't think of anything. So I took my standard last-minute approach. What happened on this date in history? Maybe something interesting, maybe something related to another show, and then it hit me. Friday the 13th. That's a topic in itself, and boy was it. Fresh off the Halloween witches and occult episodes, the most superstitious day of the year seemed like a natural move and I had no idea that it would be so much fun, albeit uncertain, history. Which I can't wait to share with you. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. Happy Friday the 13th. So here's hoping that this isn't my unlucky episode. But today we are covering the story, I should say stories, that come together to create the near-universal superstition that is Friday the 13th. What the French call Vendredi 13. I'm sure that was terrible. Well, let's get to it. So the world is full of frigatrisque decaphobe, and you thought my French was bad, which is apparently what you call someone that is afraid of Friday the 13th, or at least that is the term that some 90-year-old woman made up. And it is a fear that plagues millions of Americans and countless others around the world, more commonly called parascavidec triophobia, which parascavidecatriophobia is the more commonly used term, which is equally painful to pronounce. But why do we care? Well, for one, it has been estimated that upwards of $800 million is lost each Friday the 13th due to cancelled or missed appointments. But where the hell does this fear originate? That is to say, what is the history? So there are actually two questions we have to answer here. Why Friday and why the 13th? Unsurprisingly, at least to me, a great deal of our origin story of this mostly Western superstition is tied to the Roman Catholic Church and the death of Jesus Christ. And despite oh too many years of the torture that was Sunday Catechism, I had to go back and check that fact. And according to the scripture and most biblical scholars, Christ did die on a Friday, which any genius could have probably figured out because of the whole Easter thing. Geoffrey Chaucer even wrote of the misfortunate day that was Friday, saying, quote, On Friday fell all this mischance, in his nun's priest's tale. For most of us, Friday is the greatest day of the week. Work's over, weekend begins, DGMH is going live, and it's Friday, I'm in love. But I guess one bad day can really leave an impression. But 13 certainly gets the worst of it. Hell, hotels even skip 13th floors. Now I have to give a quick shout out to a podcast that I recently came across, Grandpa and Chill, in which host Brandon sits down with his co-host and his grandpa and all other members of all different generations to have all sorts of random conversations on topics you would never expect millennials and the silent generation to have. Some are funny, some are sad, but all are entertaining, chatting about a range of topics from presidential debates to sneaking snacks into movie theaters and even post offices. The show even features call-in guests, so even you, the listener, can participate. 
I won't lie, listening to this show makes me want to give my grandpa a call and just bullshit about whatever comes to mind. And the historian in me loves hearing how generations past feel about the shit show that is the 21st century. So follow the link in my show notes and check out Grandpa and Chill. Cheers! As for the question why the 13th, well that has some really interesting history behind it. Most of the superstition seems to have religious origin, whether it be Jesus and his 12 disciples last supper, in which the 13th guest said to arrive was Judas, his betrayer, or in Norse mythology as Loki the trickster crashed an important 12-person dinner held by Odin. In ancient Greece, it wasn't so much 13 that was bad, but 12 that was perfect. Hercules overcame his 12 labors, there are 12 zodiac signs, and the pantheon itself was built or centered around 12 gods. This, of course, has spread throughout Western society with things like the 12 days of Christmas and all that bullshit. So it wasn't really that 13 was unlucky in the ancient world, just that it was the first step away from perfection. But other ancient civilizations certainly seemed to disagree, and it is said that Hammurabi's code in ancient Sumerian history omits the 13th law out of fear of the number. Feel free to check it out. Most sources illustrate it as going 11, 12, 14. But as I dug deeper into the research, it seems that fact is most likely due to a mistranslation. Either way, it feeds into the lore. But my favorite story attached to Friday the 13th will take us to France. Friday, October 13th, 1307 may give us one of the best answers as to why the Western superstition surrounding Friday the 13th is so prevalent, as it was the day the mighty, wealthy, and threatening Order of the Knights Templar saw hundreds of its members arrested at the orders of King Philip IV of France, marking the beginning of the end for pop culture's favorite knights. This, of course, was the same Philip of France that targeted wealthy banking families that undermined his power as well as expelled the Jews from his dominions. Philip would have many Templar members tortured until they confessed to all kinds of heinous, made-up heresies. Many would be put to death, including eventually Grandmaster Jacques de Molier, and most that were executed were burned at the stake. This singular day effectively ended the wealth and prominence of the legendary Knights Templar, whose story and reality was mostly the stuff of legend. Of course, Friday the 13th is central to the slasher film series of the same name, but that wasn't the first tale to increase awareness and notoriety of this day. In 1907, American businessman Thomas Lawson wrote a suspenseful tale of a devastating stock market crash that was deliberately brought on by a vengeful stockbroker, Bob Brownlee, who chose Friday the 13th to unleash his chaos, playing on people's long-standing fear of the number. Lawson himself was likely a crooked businessman of the industrial age, but his work would be made into a film and helped cement Friday the 13th into American folklore. But people didn't just sit back and let irrational fear overtake American society. No, some aimed to combat or disprove it. So the 13 Club was basically a social organization in which a bunch of old white dudes got together to debunk fear centered around Friday the 13th. And the whole idea of this club made me laugh. Its sole purpose was to eradicate the irrational fear of Friday the 13th. In reality, the 13 Club did next to nothing. And yet, at its height, the club had five presidents in its rank, including Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, and Benjamin Harrison, a who's who of presidents next to no one cares about, and Teddy Roosevelt. The organization was founded by Captain William Fowler, whose life was full of 13s, from his public school days to his years of service in the American Civil War. So, after living a life surrounded by the number 13, he said, fuck it, let's beat the superstition. So what did Fowler do? 
Well, he created a club, the 13 Club, that met for the first time at 8.13 on Friday, January 13th, 1882, in room 13 alongside 12 companions. Fowler and his friends met under the motto, Moratore ti salutamus. Apparently my Latin is worse than my French. That translates to, those of us about to die salute you. The group lit 13 candles and dined on a 13-course meal. Fowler remarked a year later at the group's second meeting, quote, not a single member is dead or has even had a serious illness. On the contrary, the past 12 months have been exceptionally healthy and fortunate for us all. The club would meet for about another decade. But get ready for this. Just 13 years after the club's last meeting, Fowler would die on Friday, July 13th, 1897. I'm just fucking with you. It was July 7th. Well, that's it. Here's hoping this is my lucky day, and you all will leave the show a great, hopefully, five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and tell all of your friends to come listen as well. Be sure to join the Drinks with Great Minds in History Facebook group, and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at DGMH underscore History Podcast. If you want even more DGMH, then consider becoming a supporter of the show and subscribing to my Patreon page. There, listeners can support the show and get access to even more great content. So let's raise a glass to luck. May we all have it. One group that happens to consider Friday the 13th to be a lucky day are the Italian. And for that reason, I'm drinking an Italian beer. Peroni Nastro Azzurro. Un giorno nero, a black day for Italians, instead falls on Friday the 17th. Alitalia supposedly doesn't even have a seat 17 on their airplanes. But the origin of this one is even more confounding and vague than today's subject. So let's just jump to the drink. I can't lie, I'm a big Peroni fan. Especially when I'm in Italy and I have access to the various styles of this delicious beer that the company produces. Many a vague Roman memory do I have thanks to Peroni. Tonight, however, I'm drinking the only Peroni one can find in the United States. And I still love it. It's crisp, refreshing, and taste scores a solid 5 from me. And its price point isn't that bad. Around $10 for a 6 pack, but you pretty much get what you pay for. I'm giving it 4 points for price. And I always come back for more. So 5 points for consistent, happy returns. If you've never tried Peroni, well, get yourself a six-pack and try it. It's damn good. If you ever come across it on draft, it's always extremely enjoyable. Peroni leaves the show with a solid 14 points and five crowns. Well, that's it. If you enjoyed this episode of Drinks with Great Minds in History, then please consider leaving the show a great, hopefully, five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at DGMH History, and be sure to join in the conversation over on the DGMH Facebook group. Plenty of fun chats and memes shared there. If you're all caught up and looking for even more DGMH or just love the show, then we hope you'll consider supporting the show over on the DGMH Patreon page. Their listeners can get access to even more great content, including bonus psych and shots conversations, pre-game chats, extra moments with Mr. DGMH, another extra moment with Mr. DGMH now on the 30 Years War, plus Colin Chats China, where Colin chats with me about the rich history of China, and Pete Chats Portugal, where I chat with Colin about Portugal's mostly forgotten history. And now Colin joins us with his own special, A Moment with My High School History Teacher, where he discusses topics that he loves to teach in his classroom, starting with the colonization of Africa. Now I can't say for sure what the true origin story of this unlucky day is, but I can say for certain that I find myself even more on edge now than I ever did before on Friday the 13th. So, you know, cheers.